been up for good just an hour before ah, 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 ah. And now I'm staring at the bodies as they're dancing across the floor ah, 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 ah. And then the band slowed the tempo when the music gets you down ah, 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 ah. It was the same old song with a melancholy sound ah, 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 ah. Now it feels so strange out of the atmosphere And then the jukebox plays a song I used to know And now I'm staring at the bodies as the dance is so slow Matchcast 61. How you doing, Mark? Whisper in your lover's ear that you love us. Yep. And that you love the Greg Kin Band. That's who that is. That's who <laughs> that is, the Greg Kin Band. <laughs> oh. Might have been his only hit. I'm not The sure. only thing uh, I would encourage listeners to understand is that Josh pre-recorded that one. So there was a moment this week he was just in the house... Waiting for everybody to clear out. Boot it up. Belt yep. it out. I actually had to record it a couple times because the first time, I, something got messed up with the GarageBand file. But it was fine because I found some areas for improvement. Honed in that performance a little bit more. I, I can hear the fire in the background. I love it's it. A, okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Usually if you say, I can hear something, it's followed by a complaint. I can hear it. What yeah, is it? Or some hyperventilating. <laughs> Yeah, that might happen during this episode. Crocodile. A crocodile. Crocodile. Is that Unga Boonga? Is that Unga Boonga? It is not. You're referring to uh, Natchcast episode 60, I think, where I talked about some hot Whispering new psychedelic. Here that you love us. Some hot new psychedelic. Yeah, it was hot and it was you, new. You go and you take it with like a shaman. A shaman I thought you called it Chumba Woomba. No, I said it had some weird name, but it's not... It's not any of the things listed in this Gawker article that you've provided the link and to. And you just said you take it with a shaman? Shaman. Right. None um, of these things? I, no, it's I, not I some was... nasty chemical compoundy oh. kitchen sink well, lab is, bullshit. It's an old article by yeah. old Sammy Biddle. Yeah, crocodile. crocodile. Flaca. That's old news. That shit's disgusting. Do you know all these horrific drugs? I'd heard, I'd heard of some of them. I'd heard of crocodile, crocodile. Bath salts? Have you heard of bath salts? Everyone's heard of bath salts, Mark. Have you heard of yankum? Yankum? Yeah. I, I might I, know a little something about that. According to Gawker, popular mid-1990s to 2010, what is it? What it is. Shit and piss and sludge water fermented in the sun. Now, I usually get behind fermentation. <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. That doesn't sound good. This is a good place oh, to start. Oh, look at the pictures of it. Jesus. All right. Crocodile. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, hey. Oh, meow, meow. It's not meow, meow? No. Okay. The did kid, the did kids... you look it up and tell me what it actually was or not? No. Okay. Moving on. I can look it up. 
if you want to, you know, riff on, yeah. on the kids' insatiable urge to get high these days. Which ki- oh, the kids? The kids? You know, the kids. No, no I'd rather tell everybody that my cell phone is 303-548-6877. Call anytime. Talk about kids these days. That's what you do. You give out your digits willy-nilly. Put it on the website. I'm getting calls. I don't recognize them. They're not leaving messages. <laughs> you are getting calls? A few few more than usual. Not bad. Huh. This one I don't think we do right now. I just deleted that item. So I searched uh, Google for hot new psychedelic drug. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the first things that comes up is LSD microdosing. How that became the hot new business trip that's in Rolling Stone. Um, seems like a lot of the news right now is uh, on the sure. topic we covered last week, which is psychedelics can treat depression and other forms of anxiety. Freak it out. Hey, here's a Wikipedia page. List of psychedelic drugs. Nah. All right. <laughs> Honey Nut Bee Brigade. Call. Leave me a message. Earth's Ease, too. What? Tell me if, what Josh thinks Oonga Boonga is. Someone knows what that drug is. Yeah. Someone who's listened to the Pete Holmes podcast, I'm sure, knows because he talks about it a lot. Oh, he hasn't okay. done it yet, but he wants to. Uh, why did I? Oh, Cheerios. Does he talk a lot? He talks a lot. You can bet on that. Love him for it. You can take that to the bank, Mark Brush. Bzzz. So Cheerios, the makers of Honey Nut Cheerios, are mm-hmm. uh, getting in on the bee saving action. Did you mm-hmm. hear about this? Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. a new campaign called We Need the Bees. Mm-hmm. People need bees, and now bees need people. So basically they're going to put a bunch of pollinating flowers in their oat fields and uh, yeah. create a happy home for bees. Let's hope. They even got, look, they got a concerned scientist. Look at that furrowed brow. That's Jessa K. Cruz, senior pollinator, conservation specialist at the Xerxes Society. Let me see. Look at that forehead. That is a concerned scientist. She is concerned. Oh, that's some deep crease. You know, where were they for the last 30 decades when the bees needed them? Yeah, I know. Yeah, do you? Too little, too late, Mark. I mean, good for you, but come on. Could have used this, yeah, even a decade ago would have been good. Didn't they really kind of cause part of the problem? Probably. Somehow? With their big ag bullshit, is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, monocropping it, just want to put oats everywhere. <laughs> Nothing but oat fields. <laughs> Some bullshit. You know, you hear about corn and soy all the time, you, but oats, that's really the yeah, one. The oat lobby is a powerful lobby. Well, you know, so I would direct people toward another bee campaign. Save the bees. Bert's bees. Oh right, that's you why. Seen what they do on Twitter Ertz, and Ertz ease. They got I a whole. It. They got a whole thing where they're dropping all of the bees out of the words in their copy. Trying to really impress Ertz upon ease. the people just how dire the situation is. Ertz ease. You ready for a, a world without bees? I'm not. Uh, so moving on. You ready for a world without ease? I'm not. I was going to drop some bees from what you just said, but there were no bees. Try this one. What is Leopold Bloom doing right now? So it would be, what is Leopold Loom doing right now? Why do, why? Why do oh, we have this? Oh, is it that time of year? Uh, it's not Bloomsday. I might, it might, I might be approaching. I always forget when Bloomsday is. But my, my uh, friend Sam Coleman, he used to be your nemesis. Nemesis yeah. Sam. He and I had a creative endeavor I years clearly ago. Won, I won that battle. Yeah. Her. I don't see him on this mic. That's right, Mark. You won. 
<laughs> but uh, he's a developer, and he created this web app called Wandering Bloom. You can huh. find it at wanderingbloom.com. And what you do is you click on the link, and then based on what time it is when you click the link, it'll give you a sentence from the, the novel Ulysses that corresponds to the time of, that time of day in the novel. Uh, for those not acquainted, the, the novel takes place over the course of a single day. And is there that detailed time stamping inside the novel? Kind of. If you have the, uh, hmm. the uh, annotated notes to go with it. It's a very pretty sight. I like so this. look at this, 11.30 a.m. Look at this font. Sam's always had a really good eye for fonts, I tell you what. Oh, Sam's, uh, Sam's, Sam's font eyes. Par <laughs> Stuff none. of legend. Par none? Bar none. Eating par- your groat's worth. Without par? Of mou en cive. Flesh spots. Flesh pots of Egypt elbowed by belching cabmen. That's not what I got. Wait, let me read that one more time because I kind of I mangled it a little bit. I'll mangle it again. Eating your groat's worth of mont en cive. Flesh pots of Egypt elbowed by belching cabmen. I got 11.30 a.m. Your hat is a little crushed, Mr. Bloom said, pointing. Ooh, now that is good. I can remember reading this sentence, though, that I got when I actually, because I haven't finished the book, but I did get this far into it because I remember that flesh pots. I liked that. I just clicked the new one. They used to drive a stake of wood through his heart in the grave. Oh, yeah? What harm if he could see what he was shaking it over? Is that like trying to shake the... That might be trying a little to wandering the, bloom for you. Shake the piss out of the end of it. Oh, here, let me make these bigger. Uh, another little uh, web game. Lots of like little tidbits this, oh, is, this episode. Find your spirit vegetable. I took, the, I took the quiz. That makes two of us. I'm going to make this bigger so I can read it. You'll find this quiz on spirit.dirt.online. Uh, basically, you, you take a little, psycho, little pop psychology quiz, and it'll tell you what your uh, vegetable spirit animal is. Let me give, why let me give you a bother sample. writing down that URL when you could just subscribe to the newsletter and get the link in the show doc? Yeah, head to natch.is. <clears throat> click the envelope icon, but the one that's on the show page, right. not at the bottom. Nope. But if you click the one, if you click the one on the bottom, you can just uh, send us a note, and we'll send you the link to the other page. Or if you send us an email, we'll just and that says, "Please add me to your oh, just do that list." We'll just, just put that. you on there. Totally do that. We're good like that. So here's a sample question from this uh, this uh, was a weird survey, online right? questionnaire. Yeah. yeah. On a Friday evening, which is more appealing: a chaotic Indian BYO with the whole crew, <laughs> none is worth fighting for. Oh boy. Or B. Dinner and a movie with your closest pal. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you and I both selected B. <laughs> yeah, I did select B. What, who is, is pulling together a chaotic Indian BYO with the whole crew on a Friday evening? When I lived in Chicago, my wife and I would often go out with a, another couple, some good friends of ours. We'd always go drive out to Little India and eat at this BYO. It wasn't the whole crew, but it, once or twice oh, there a were minute. a few other couples along. And you'd bring your own beer. You'd go to the liquor store right next door and get oh. some bombers of Taj Mahal. Yeah, I didn't know that. I totally... I thought you were... It was like a potluck. Everybody brought an Indian oh. dish to your house. No, it's a restaurant. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. We don't live in a city with... Um, restaurants here don't have a BYO policy, really, but... <sighs> I feel bad There are that. lots of restaurants in Chicago that don't have their liquor license yet. Flubbed it. And so it's actually... It was kind of nice. If you found out a new restaurant... I was fucking like, flubbed it, man. BYO, you're like, sweet. 
God damn it. I can get I can drink more because I'm not going to be have to like pay the inflated restaurant costs. I'm going to bring my own shit. I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah, whatever you were saying. Jeez. Yeah, this is kind of a sad moment for the the so-called insider. Doesn't know about BYO. (laughs) Oh, my God. Totally went over my head. All right. Uh, So, Mark, um, you are Belgian endive, correct? Endive. Endive. The the logician. Right there. The logic. Yeah, you read mine. I'll read yours. I'm going to listen to what I am. The Belgian endive requires a unique growing method. Plants are seeded in the field before yes. their heads are chopped off Ouch. and roots dug up and placed in cold storage to grow again like mushrooms. Ugh. All that time laying dormant makes the endive a little withdrawn. <laughs> and they can be a tad insensitive. Yeah. But perhaps it's this semi-lab raising that makes them the most logically precise vegetable type. Bing. Precision, your middle name, man. Well, actually, it's Peacock. They're a rare breed indeed, ah. which is a good thing. The endive likes nothing less than being common. And rules? Forget about it. Inventive and creative, the Belgian endive boasts unique perspectives and vigorous intellect. Yes! You, 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 oh, and you again. Right. Bing! I own that. Bing, 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 bing again. I, bing. I hadn't even read that. That's spot on. It really is. Wow. You, you mock these questions, but clearly they cut to the marrow. The wild leak. That's me. Tell me about myself. I'm going to lean back Josh to Josh Tyson. Jay Titty. Woo. You are wild leak. The idealist. Oh, boy. There's certainly a reason spring leaks or ramps. You're a ramp? Yep. Get used to it. Are often sought out at the farmer's market. Just like the onion, add them to any dish and it only gets better. This is idealist, idealistic to the core. Ramps are always looking for the good in others. This doesn't sound like you. Tightly wrapped leaves can make the leak hard to get to know. <laughs> tightly, and it would, your leaves are not tightly wrapped and it would do well to let others in. Okay. But give ramps a chance and you'll find a fiery passion and energy. Lurking below the surface, they're extremely hardworking. Don't give me that look. But what makes wild leeks most different from other vegetables is their purity of intent, guided by what is right rather than what will reap the most reward. Now that, yeah, that works. Bing. We don't have any that's Natchcast sponsors on this thing. Nope. Nope. Um. Never will. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know how tightly wrapped I Wait a minute, we did. There are sides of my personality, though, that I I keep locked away, Mark. Maybe one day. Where's the microphone right now? There it is. Okay. Oh, so now we've got it. You got purity of intent. I got vigor of intellect. Mm -hmm. Vigorous intellect. Yeah. Purity of intent. That sounds like a home run podcast to me. The On Dive and Leak Hour. There's so many podcasts coming out now that that are like, there's like, yeah, this and that. Like, I'm going to pretend to be you for an hour, and you pretend to be me. What? What? Just have a conversation, man. What the hell are you talking about? What podcast is that? Uh, trading Places? <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a movie. Dan Aykroyd that was a and movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy's podcast? Hey! Got a glyphosate riddle? From our friend Zach! From, yeah, Zach Normandin. 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 That's better. Uh, Dirty Lemon. Dirty Lemon. Zach Normandin. Nor- <laughs> now I can't even say Norman. 
Normandin. 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 Normandine. Sure. Norman Normandin. Zach Normandin. All right. Glyphosate's are your bag, baby. Why don't you? Why don't you? Well, he sent us this story, unfurl. and then he sent us some other links, and it was sort of. I felt like it was a challenge, right? Like it did seem oh, like there's a challenge. something here. It was a riddle. A riddle. So this is Zach's glyphosate riddle. Yeah. Beginning with our friend Living Maxwell. Love him. Whoa. He's full of health and vibrancy. You know Living Maxwell. He's our favorite. Uh, we, you helped him out with some AV equipment at Expo uh, yeah. East, right? We like to pay a visit to his Instagram photos when he goes to Expos. All right. Yeah. Um, in a study conducted by the Heinrich Boll Foundation and reported by Euractiv Germany, it was found that glyphosate residue was recorded in blank of the 2009 people monitored by the study. The percentage you're looking for to fill that blank? 99.6. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's pretty much you every, everyone. You should be terrified. That was somewhere in the article, too, I think. You should be terrified. You should be terrified. It was, yeah. That seems like a lot. Sure that does. That seems like something you don't want to be um, residualized with. No. Especially then, since... Pretty much everyone agrees it causes cancer. Well, that was the next clue in the riddle. Oh, okay. I'm going to direct you to a Wikipedia chart. Do it. Age standardized cancer rates per 100,000 people. Who's got the most? Denmark, 338.1. Now, wait a minute. That seems low, right? Aren't we like 40% of us going to get cancer or something like that? Don't I have cancer right now? I think there's probably cancer in all of us. Denmark, top of the list. But France. no, no, no. This is per 100,000 people. Yeah. You don't like that number? You want more people to have cancer? You want the kids to get sick? You want everyone to get cancer? What are you saying? Is this telling me that 338 people out of 100,000 get it? I think so. See, 10% of 100,000 would be 10,000 people. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> I think I didn't look at the chart. Damn it. It's going to make the riddle fall apart. Well, so let's just do this. <laughs> so highest incidence of cancer would be Denmark, France, Australia, Belgium, Norway, USA, Ireland, Korea, Netherlands, New Caledonia came up in there. I don't know if I'm reading this chart right. Uh, yeah. Denmark? I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> The riddle is in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the next step in the riddle. <laughs> yes. He's got average life. Ex- <laughs> not a ball me, of twine. I apologize for those sounds. Average life expectancy. Ready? Let's see. Overall, uh, who's going to live the most? Let's just Japanese. Do, yeah, I got it. 84. Yeah, that's, I mean, the Japanese. Oh, that oh. number's going to go down, though, as they move away from their traditional diet. God damn it. Mm. They had the best diet. Mm. All that just great seafood and hearty vegetables, rice. Mm. A lot of eel. Yeah. Now you're trading it in for mm. fucking French fries? Paleo what, diet. Are you crazy? Fucking paleo diet. Fuck that diet. Spain, 83. Andorra, don't know if that's a country. All right, well, Spain, Andorra, Singapore. Oh, sorry. All Switzerland, tied for two. Australia, Italy, and San Marino are all tied at number two with 83. And there's some more familiar names tied at ninth. France, Monarch, uh, uh, Iceland, is Israel, Canada. 
The U.S., you're going to slip down to 34th. In a, in a dead heat with Qatar. <laughs> Qatar. Average life, exp- uh, 79 years old. That's five years less than Japan. And this is tied to glyphosate. Well, because we have a lower life expectancy rate because we're getting more cancer because okay. we're all tainted by glyphosate. Normandine. The Riddler. Does it again. The ri- Zach the Riddler. <laughs> I think, you're, well, yeah, he's the Riddler and then now you're Batman because you just, you just figured out his riddle. And you kind of do look like Adam West a little bit. <clears throat> do you do an Adam West impression? I do a heartfelt homonym. Homonomium? Homily. Homily. Homily to Prince. Let me hear it. I just want to rest him in peace. What are you talking about? What? I'm having another seizure. I don't know. I think (laughs) I I wish him rest in peace. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) He died. Well, no shit. I want to acknowledge the fact that he was uh, PETA's sexiest vegetarian celebrity from 2006. What a slick way to do that. Just seamless. He wouldn't eat anything with parents. Yeah. That's a and good he probably wore non wool jackets to protect the baby lambs. The baby lambs. This guy was dialed in. He was. Well, have, you, have you heard what's coming out now, though, that they think uh, his death was caused by an overdose on, uh, I think, painkillers? I've heard much about that. He had apparently declined a double hip replacement recently, too. Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. That would not allow a surgery with blood involved, which kind of eliminates most surgeries. Yeah, I think, you know, from where I'm sitting, that's taking it too far, but <laughs> t- but I'm not Prince. Yeah, I mean, that's something else. But I also heard that it, this is all conjecture. Okay. That, he, that it was a long-standing addiction to painkiller medication for horrific anxiety and stage fright. Hmm. And like apparently there's a euphoria when you don't have pain, but you take the painkiller. Pointed at my back when I said pain. Yeah, I think that euphoria is called you're high as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I've never pounded painkillers. Really? <laughs> episode 100. The painkiller episode. Oh, yeah, that's what we need. Terrible idea. Mark on pills. I felt uh, we've lost some titans. Yep, we have. Uh... Be prepared to lose some more, I guess. They're all going down. Damn it. Well, everyone's going to die. I mean, hey, this ties right back into that chart you were just looking at. Nobody lives forever. <sighs> sure don't. you got to make uh, make the most of every day, of every moment, Mark. That's why I am glad to be podcasting right now with you. Because <laughs> who doesn't love Natchcast? Who doesn't love Natchcast? Well, I'm glad to be here, too. I can tell. Yeah. A lot of energy in this room right now. <laughs> It's a very sedate podcast. It's weird. Well, why is it so weird? Because there's so much on this document? It could be. It's a little top-heavy. Let's loosen up. Let's get to the news. Come on. Let's get to the fucking news. <clears throat> you know what? I don't have a beverage. That's the problem. We're all full on bread. I made bread out of Mr. You Roper. Gave, yeah. I, I made some sourdough hemp seed bread. We couldn't deliver on the riddle. With an olive oil topper and some sea salt. It's pretty good. We, we're just stumbling through all these stories. <laughs> No, we weren't stumbling. We fucking nailed that wild vegetable thing. Okay, that was good. Come on, that was good. Maybe it was just the riddle. Yeah, I think it was mostly the riddle. My Leopold Bloom or Sam's Leopold Bloom thing? Tight. You giving out your cell phone number? Tight. (laughs) Crocodile? Slight misstep. (laughs) 
So there's the recap of the first half of the show. And now let's get to the news. Natchcast episode 61. Whisper, whisper in your lover's, in lover's ear that you ear. love us. Uh, it's just whisper in your lover's ear, isn't it? Is that it? It's just whisper it in your lover's ear. Whisper it in your lover's ear? Or just whisper in your lover's well, saying, ear? Saying whisper in your lover's ear that you love us. Yeah. That's like inciting people to do something to destroy their relationship. If you if whisper you- in your lover's ear like, hey, I love Natchcast. They're going to think like, oh, you love Natchcast and not me. So if you say just That's whisper. That's the logical extension. If you just say Natchcast in your lover's ear while they're oh. sleeping. It's like a subliminal thing, man. Uh, okay. Whisp- so so the, it's, it's okay. A little po- post-coital podcast Terrible. suggestion. Whisper. So what you're saying is whisper it in your lover's ear and you're dropping the it. Whisper in your lover's ear. Implication being Natchcast. Yeah. Okay. Or no. No, yeah. I had a whole different thing going. I was doing. I love you. Well, just do it. Whatever it is. One by one. It's just our way of saying tell your friends. We want everyone to listen. No, not everyone. No? Nope. Not everyone. Oh. This isn't for everyone. Everybody but our spouses. No, I'd be happy if they listened. Oh. They're just not podcast people yet. They'll get there. That fire is roaring. Snowing here in Denver. Are you going to read the fucking news? Am I going to get a beverage? You really want me to go get you a damn beverage? I think we need a pause. Next. Ayahuasca. And we're back. Ayahuasca, that's what it's called. Natchcast 61. It's commonly called. in your lover's ear. Yage. I love Yage. I guess I had heard of this before. I had never heard it called Ayahuasca, but William Burroughs has a whole book called the Yage Papers or something like that. He... He liked his drugs. In his orgone box? It's an eth... Wait. Entheogenic brew made out of... Excuse me? Entheogenic? Entheogenic. E-N-T-H-E-O-G-E-N-I-C. Brew made out of... I'm reading from far away without glasses. Banis sterilopis copy vine. Often in combination with other plants. And what I've heard is that you, yeah, you drink this, then you barf a lot, and it's really disgusting. Ugh. But then you like travel to a different dimension. You see gods with snake heads and they tell you why you keep having trouble breathing. Ugh, I need those gods. Entheogen. Mm-hmm. An entheogen is a chemical substance used in a religious, shamanic, or spiritual context that often induces psychological or physiological changes. Listen to this. Some shamans are ex- and experienced users of ayahuasca advise against consuming ayahuasca when not in the presence of one or several well-trained shamans. Several. Jeez. So what I, basically what this says is that if we score some and you eat it, I can be your trip sitter. No. <laughs> and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'll just strap you to a chair. Terrible. <laughs> not good at all. No, but I think, you know what? This should be your... your Route of last resort. You travel to South America, you find one of these ayahuasca dens, you sit in a loincloth and sweat and piss and shit yourself for a while and see God. Go completely insane and never come home? You need some... No, you come out of it. You need some insanity, though. You come out of it and you're like, oh, why was I being like a wild leak? Why was I all these bundled up layers? Yeah, bundled up leaves. I'm Mark, I'm Mark Peacock Brush. I'm a Belgian undie. My middle name is Peacock. I should let my feathers unfurl. <laughs> I've used the word unfurl about six or seven times over the past three episodes. Just FYI. It's limited intellect. It's not as vigorous as no. my Belgian undie. Unfurl is a great word. 
banking on wild. This is our first news story. We have four news stories. We are well over halfway through this podcast. Food news. Eventually. My favorite relatives are wild. Wild. This story brought to me by Josh Tyson, who was afraid to read it because it's really long. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. Banking uh, on wild are. relatives to feed the world by Maiwa Montenegro. Oh, gast- appearing on Gastronomica. Love it. Well, you know, I figured someone with a vigorous intellect was just a, you know, ravenous <laughs> consumer of information. So I made a mistake. I sent Mark an article that was a widow too long. Mm. Tell me about it, though, because I didn't read it. I didn't have time. So here's the term, CWR, crop wild relatives. It's kind of a weird term. That's a weird term. Uh, They are, what are they? uh, The progenitors and kin of domesticated crop species. These crop wild relatives promise breeders a potent weapon against climate change. That's the HVAC. Having evolved outside the pampered environs of farms, wild relatives tend to be more rugged to survive temperature, salt, floods, and drought, all the extremes characteristic of a warming planet. Did you hear that? All these wild, uh, these wild relatives aren't sissies like their farm-raised brethren. It's kind of like, with this, this isn't irony, I don't think, but it's like the city kid and the farm kid, right? But in this case, the farm kid is the city kid because he's been pampered right. and raised with all this unnecessary TLC. And then there's the, the rangy cousin. He's been, that farm kid, that whichever kid it was, has been coddled to death. Yes. The, the farm crop is the a, city kid. Can't handle a swing in conditions. Mm-mm. A couple examples, though. So you got it. So the yep. gist of this really long article is, wow, let's crop, oh boy. Crop wild relatives are important. Let's save them, but we can't bake them back. It's really hard to do. Yep. There's these seed vaults blowing up. Hey, our buddy at the seed matters. Yeah. Should have asked him about this. He would have known all about it. Bigger bread box. Matt Delon. Dylan. 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 I believe you pronounce it Dylan. Dylan. So here's a couple little tidbits I thought you'd like. Okay, share them. Are you ready? In the United States, the desirable traits of wild sunflowers, helianthus, are worth roughly, whoa, that's a lot. We'll call that uh, $300 million annually to the sunflower industry, according to Biodiversity International Researchers, Hunter and Haywood, 2009, Chapter 11. Them. One wild tomato variety, these experts say, has contributed to a 2.4% increase in solids contents worth $250 million. One wild tomato variety? Wait a minute. What the fuck? We went from sun... Okay. So forget the sunflower. <laughs> Let's go with this. Well, they're One talking about wild, wild sunflower. Like a wild sunflower... Uh, is important to the $300 million crop there. One wild tomato variety has contributed to a 2.4% increase in solids contents worth $250 million. I think that means you're getting more... A meatier s- tomato. A meatier tomato. Less juice. Or just less air pockets. Yeah, the juice and the seeds or the jelly. That seems like a strange thing to uh, quantify. But they did clearly. Three wild peanuts have provided resistance to the root knot nematode. Oh, the root knot nematode. I tell you what, which cost peanut growers around the world U.S. one hundred million dollars each year. Ibid. 
what? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> God. That sounds like a, a New York Times best-selling children's novel right there. Three wild, the Three Wild Peanuts and the Root Not Nematode. Oh, that's nice. Let's, uh, let's sketch that out in a Google Doc. Yeah, share it. All right. So basically, have you heard that weeds are going to feed the world? Because you have now well, and I, will. I, I live in Colorado, so I've known for a while that weed is going to feed the world. Weeds. Oh, weeds. Okay. The show, Showtime. It was about five, six seasons. Yeah, it was about four seasons too long. You got that right. Uh, yeah, so what do you got? Wild relatives, they reintroduced genetic diversity into our emaciated crop gene pool. Oh, that's sad. With their hardy traits, they could help adapt agriculture to variety of climate change. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Mm, but there's all these questions raised. Who controls the seeds? Whose it's decisions all, matter? It's always about control. If you funnel the... <clears throat> The, the, what's the C? Crop wild, uh, crop wild relatives, if you funnel those into the conventional use pipeline of production. They lose their wildness, don't they? You only prop up an agriculture that ultimately undercuts crop and wild relative renewal. God damn it. That's a quote I just read as if it was my own. (laughs) And I'm not that kind of person. To steal someone's quote? That was a quote from the article. That was. You just read it with passion. There's a lot of passion in this article. I skimmed most of the article. There's something kind of distressing about this to me. I don't know why. About the crop wild relatives? Mm, just the bigger picture that it plugs into, I think. Oh, man. This just, tea. just how unsustainable we are as a species, I think. We fuck everything up in the name of progress, Mark. The only thing left with any purity is Natchcast 61. Oh, your glasses are all fogged up. I was breathing in this good tea. tea. It's got peppermint in it. That's good for your asthma. Oh, there's a little bit of ayahuasca. A little bit of ayahuasca in there, too. <laughs> Brace thyself. Brace thyself and take my carrageenan, please. Nice. Is that how you pronounce it? Did I actually do it right? Uh, it's carrageenan. No, it's not. Carrageenan. Carrageenan. The carrageenan, the, <laughs> the organic battle resumes. By Jason Huffman, Politico.com. Slash tip sheets, slash morning dash agriculture, slash 2016, slash 04, etc. Yeah, so this is buried in a news update. Um, but uh, so Carrageenan. Carrageenan. What the fuck is it again? You got it. Why are you, what are you worried about? I feel like I. Carrageenan. <clears throat> I feel like I'm forgetting. There consonants. isn't a Carrageenan. Carrageenan. Yep. Carrageenan comes from seaweed. Yep. We use it to thicken up things like uh, yep. infant formula and uh, low-fat milk to make it less like watery, you know? It's very useful. Ice cream. Ice cream. It's a bit of a binder. Hello. It's a binder. Oh, new headline. This binder's in a bit of a bind, right? <laughs> new headline for who? For, for the, the story? For the segment. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of that. So, so Wouldn't want to lose, lose that. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, you, you wouldn't think it, but carrageenan, it's a, uh, a lightning rod for controversy, Mark. Yeah, I know. Champions, of course you know. I'm, I'm speaking more to the listeners. Kingmaker knows. Kingmaker has probably written papers about carrageenan nope. in his sleep. Long chats with Neil Survives, though. Neil Survives. Oh, Survivor update. Let's do that real quick. <laughs> I meant to ask you, actually. Yeah, where, where did you leave off? Uh, when Neil got pulled from the show, I haven't watched. Oh since. man! All right. Well, you lost Debbie. No, no, you lost Nick. Yeah. 
Handsome Nick. You lost Freak Show Debbie. Saw that coming. Then you lost in a wild twist. Wild twist. Mm. Scott. Which one's he? The NBA guy? NBA guy. Mm. So he, Scott and Jason were super tight. Yeah. Didn't they have the... A combined no they gave ty the combined idol right and then they had ty with them when the male female thing happened and they were it was this threesome just what ty was looking for <laughs> and ty had an idol and jason had an idol uh-huh they had a fucking super idol super idol they saw the cards shaken out in an iffy way they said screw this we're going to tribal council they kind of tipped their hand the, the idols and all this stuff uh i think they figured out I can't remember what. Jason gave his idol to Scott. So Scott had an idol. Ty had an idol. And the the whole plan was that whichever one of them got voted out, they would do the super idol and bring him back in. Booyah. Scott got voted out, looks at Ty, and Ty's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. What? Right? Scott's like, are you, are you going to give me the... Ty's like, mm-mm. Oh, man. Just left him, dude. Left him hanging? And so Scott gets left, and he's got the idol in his pocket, and he's out. Scott left with the idol? Yep. With Jason's idol? Yep. So, so is Jason all pissed at time Jason's now? like, what the hell do I do? He's, he's, wor- he's, 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 so he's changed his attitude and tone. He's working back into the group. Who got voted out this week? Oh, uh, Julia. Uh, Julia? Julia Gulia? The young one. She got voted out, huh? She was Jason's ally, and somehow Jason skirted through yet again. Mm, but everybody, everybody, I'm worried about Ty, because Ty's got the idol, the only idol left in the game. Idol? Red Ant. He has idol, he has Red Ant. <laughs> and he's got this, he won another challenge where he's got a, a super vote. Whenever, whenever he wants, he gets to double vote. I fucking told you that guy was going to make it to the end. You didn't believe me. Well, he's something else. It, it would have been him and Neil. He and Neil. Him. Him. He. Anyway. Thanks for the update, because I'm not going to, I'm not watching that. Sorry about that. Carrageenan. Carrageenan. So, so Carrageenan, cha- Carrageenan champions, they say it's safe, affordable, and sustainable. Uh, and it provides the food industry with many uses, uh, thickening, stabilizing. Talked about this. Keeping chocolate suspended in chocolate milk. We didn't talk about that. Creating the <laughs> fatty mouthfeel. <laughs> That's your headline. Creating a fatty mouthfeel. What about my fatty mouthfeel? Yep. And helping to provide tenderness and juiciness. A tender, juicy, fatty mouthfeel, please. Uh, anyway, but the Cornucopia Institute, an organic watchdog group. They are insane. I bet they've got some fucking brow creases. Uh, they say it's dangerous and should be taken off the list. They are balls out. They go for it. For the past four decades, scientists have warned that the use of carrageenan in food is not safe. That's a warning straight from Cornucopia mm-hmm. in a report released this month. Animal studies and in vitro studies with human cells have repeatedly shown that food-grade carrageenan causes gastrointestinal inflammation and higher rates of intestinal lesions, ulcerations, and even and even <laughs> even malignant tumors. Buried that one, right? You fuck yourself. <laughs> this is a long-standing issue. I'm familiar with this. So yeah. wait, it's coming back. At, uh, what's happening? Cornucopias stomp on their feet again oh well what's happening is the national organic standards board yes 
they punted uh, regulating carrageenan, or they punted on this issue back in 2012, and now yes. they're now they're it's back on their it's docket. It's back on the docket. Okay. Yep. So cornucopia is fired up. It's a big deal. It's, well, it's not. It's not, yeah. it's not that big. It's deal. a big deal to about eight people it's in this a country. Bit, well, it's an important ingredient. People think it's. Well, people use the shit out of carrageenan. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those ones you see, and it doesn't have like a number attached to it, or too many consonants in a row. So you assume it's not like some oh. dangerous thing. And it, you think it's natural. And it is, but maybe... Uh, but not necessarily digestible. Well, no, and like some of these, uh, it's funny, because some of these um, things that they say it can cause, gastrointestinal inflammation, that's the kind of thing that uh, is often diagnosed as uh, a gluten insensitivity, or a gluten sensitivity, right? Am I wrong? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, sure. Fuck yeah. Carrageenan Hits home. is the wolf in sheep's clothing. Maybe. Yeah. Are you going to eliminate it from the cupboard, freezer, fridge? Uh, how long do you think that would take? Hmm. I, I, don't, I think I was looking at a, a pint of three twins recently, and it wasn't, it wasn't even in there. I should look, actually. We have some organic. I think it's getting phased out. Organic chocolate milk that we buy from Costco that uh, our son takes to school. I wonder if that has carrageenan, carrageenan in it. Carrageenan. So if the National Organic Standards Board has their way, votes it down, it could not has, have it in there. Yeah. If, okay. Yeah. If, if, if Cornucopia wins, wins this battle royale. Heated battle. Yeah. Interesting. So that's all right. Listener takeaway. Carrageenan, hot button ingredient. It's been that way for a while. Could be fucking up your guts. Could be fucking up your guts. Maybe now it's going to like start to tip away since everybody's so... Hot to bother about every ingredient under the sun. That's not raw well, beef heart yeah. eaten at the farm with a farmer's knife. If it's not beef powder. Ooh. Uh, so anyway, that's happening. And what do you got next for us, Mark? Well, let me tell you what I got next. Crispy, waxy... <laughs> oh, man. Crispy, waxy corn. Why don't you say that ten times Crispy, fast Crispy, waxy me? corn. Crispy, waxy corn. Crispy, waxy corn. Keep going. I'm looking for the crisper audio cue. Crispy, waxy corn. The next generation of GMO food is here, and it's technically not a GMO. Says Aaron Broadwin on Business Insider. Hey, we've... Uh, Here's a quote. What the hell? Keep going. In a letter released to the public on Monday, chemical giant DuPont Pioneer announced plans to market the first crop that uses a type of precise genetic modification called... CRISPR-Cas9. Drop it in right there. CRISPR-Cas9. Found it. We're applying our 90 years of knowledge of corn biology to develop the next generation of high-quality waxy corn hybrids for the benefit of the entire value chain from growers to processors and end users. Who said that? Neil... Don't, I'm not... It's a... Rhetorical. Neil Gutter... This is my story. This is my story! All right, go with it. Don't yell. Sorry, everybody. Neil Gutterson, DuPont Pioneer's Vice President of Research and Development, he said that in a statement. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has said that it will not subject the CRISPR corn to the same rules as traditional GMO. Well, there's the big news. What? I know. What? The you, USDA? Giving yeah. CRISPR a pass, huh? Well, it, it, you, you, you heard it here episodes ago. That this little GMO debate we're having right now is nothing compared to what's about to hit. Yep. Mark has been... Nothing! Uh, Mark has been peaking levels about this for episodes. And it's fucking CRISPR! It is CRISPR. 
Um, I'm so far back from the mic because I'm so hot. You are hot and bothered, Mark. Uh, so yeah. with CRISPR. Well, CRISPR is the new face of GMO. No, yeah, but it's a better deal. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I know about CRISPR. With CRISPR, you, don't, you're, you, are, you are manipulating the gene code very precisely, and you're, I don't think you're introducing anything that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. You're editing. You're, you're cutting just, stuff out. You're just fucking with what was there. You got a red pen. Yep, you got you're the like, red pen. That adverb, gone. Yep, you're, you're killing darlings, what you're, you're doing. You're killing darlings left and right. Yep. You're making a stronger, waxier, more muscular, lean bit of prose. So do what do I think? I think this, when everybody makes that argument of GMOs with a natural extension of seed hybridization, <laughs> CRISPR, that's what, that's, get that, that, get that, get that. But this isn't, CRISPR is not hybridization. You just said yourself it's not hybridization. Why are you talking the, the two te- back it's together? It's the technological... Um, uh, it's the next gen shit, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, but and it and it has a stronger tie to the hybridization approach because you're just using the same stuff. Yeah, you're not sticking in the Roundup. Ooh. You're sticking in vitamin, vitamin A. a. I'm gonna go with the vitamin A is okay. The Roundup not so much. No, I don't want the Roundup reach around. Um, <laughs> but uh, friction. Is well, it not, a, not is if you use the right lube. Is it a liquid? No, I thought Roundup was the lube. Ooh. It's oh, a spray. I see. I see. I see. It might have some carrageenan in it to give it some. I bet it's viscous. Viscosity. I bet you could get a few in and out before it started pulling out <laughs> skin tissue. Good God. That's visceral. Just bang, 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 back to back, a few days in a row. I gave my love a green juice. Oh, moving on. All right. Yeah. And a roundup reach around. Well, that's crisper. CRISPR watch, still in effect, moving on. I gave my love a green juice. Yes, I gave my love a green juice. This um, this comes to us from NPR. You didn't even. All right. I didn't what? I read the shit. I gave you the story. Let's see what you did. No, I tried to copy quotes out of it, but the formatting on the NPR page, I couldn't do it. I didn't didn't read it because I'm not supposed to. You're not supposed to. Hey, NPR, um, you know, they're all excited. Because April is the 20th anniversary of National Poetry Month. I'm excited. Uh, You know, they have, uh, I think it's a podcast, right? The Salt. Is that a podcast? It's it's like a a whole unit. channel? I think it's a channel, yeah. So they wanted to celebrate with a selection of the sauciest, most scrumptious (laughs) verses about food. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, after all, Mark, gastronomy and poetry are a natural pairing. Mm. They both provide necessary nourishment. Okay. Yeah, they're getting pretty cute. Yeah. But, so they had readers. Who's doing this? Manvi Singh. All right, go ahead. Um, So a lot of people wrote in recommending William Carlos Williams, Sweet and Short. This is just to say, which I will read now. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox, and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me. They were delicious, so sweet. And so cold. Ooh. Why would why they recommend that one? I don't know. That wasn't scr- scrumptious or saucy. No, it was kind of uh, sad in a way. Yeah. Like, what's so cold? The, the, uh, the, is the relationship gone cold now that he's eating her plums? I don't know. I think that one's a little misguided. Let's see how persimmons, or no, persimmons. That's, persimmons. No, that's a word that I mess up. Or an indig- I the indigenous population of Persimia. <laughs> I just, I love the way it looks. I want it to go on a little longer. Oh, okay, man, am I slurring my words? Persimmons. See, with your with your new uh, 
whatever this like these daily strokes that you're having. <laughs> finally, we're on uh, equal ground intellectually, Mark. I can finally keep up. <sighs> Persimmons by Lee Young Lee is another lovely ode to fruit. Ripe ones are soft and brown spotted. Sniff the bottoms. Ooh. The sweet one will be fragrant. This is saucy. How to eat. Put the knife away. Lay down newspaper. Peel the skin tenderly. Not to tear the meat. Chew the skin. Suck it and swallow. Now what? eat the wow. meat of the fruit so sweet. All of it to the heart. Lee. Young. Yeah. That is kind of, there's something, there's some carnality to that. For sure. It, 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 there's also, it's almost carnivorous. Well, and peel the skin tenderly not to tear the meat. I... Unfortunately, because I made that roundup reach around joke a minute ago, that's what I was seeing is like oh, the roundup pulling no, no, away no, 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 no. Uh, intestinal lining. No, 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 no. Um, let me see. Or uh, what? Instead of carnivorous, carnizorous. Carnizorous? My uh, daughter's doing a habitat project. Uh huh. She's saying and writing the word carnivore a lot, and occasionally it becomes carnazor. I like that. I'm like, that's a great word, right? That is a great word. We need to be, that's our next band or something. Carnazor. Carnazor. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I like this haiku. I think I usually like haikus better than most poetry. It's probably about your size. No, it's just legend. Less indulgent, all right? Mm. Matsu Basho. This is a haiku there's, meditation you know, there's on a, melons. There's a length of time you can be attentive to the poetic word. It's different for different people. Motherfucker, I'm a poet. I used to write a bunch of poetry. That oh, is, did you? That's painful to read now. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, oh, did you? You've seen, <laughs> I believe you've seen it. my comp book. <laughs> I believe it. I'm not denying that you wrote it. We used to pull lyrics. That's where we I'm just denying that it's called lyrics. poetry. Ooh. Oh, so you're, the, you're that guy. You're the judgy academic. Yeah, I'll read you a you poem. You fuel my fire. Coolness <laughs> of the melons flecked with mud Wait, what am I, in what the am morning I, dew. What am I listening to? A high fucking coup. On, from About you? About melons. No. Oh. By Matsu Basho. Okay. Coolness of the melons flecked with mud in the morning dew. See? I was right. It's not as indulgent. It gives you more room to wander in your mind. It's not hitting you over the head with every evocative word they can think of for tender or fleshy. See what I'm saying? Okay. You think I don't know how to... What do you got? What do you got? What do you mean, what do I got? You said you're going to read a poem. Oh, I got to find one. You want to write my own? You're going to read one of your poems? Isn't that what's coming next? I assume that you've got one teed up for us. I actually found a poem. Yeah. Uh, how did written, I guess? Written by a contemporary of William Carlos Williams. His name is Tyrone Herzog. I... Not a lot of people have heard of this cat. Uh, let me... I have. I found an ancient recording. Um, that I will play for you. I just need to move it over a little. Um, so yeah, this is like a 90 milligram vinyl pressing. Uh, what? Tyrone Herzog. This is his seminal work. I'm fully aware of fish. who Tyrone Herzog is. To be a fish. What does it mean to exist in the embrace of the great elixir? Golden scales, stubborn mind, the ability to shimmer. Moving eternal through the water, bumping into the glass wall, mistaking it for eternity. 
believing, swimming on. Told you it was good. <laughs> I see. Now I get the vinyl reference. I didn't know you had it on audio. I do. There was, <laughs> there was nothing about food in there, though, was there? It's called to be a fish. Oh. I don't know uh, how long you've been on planet Earth, but a great number of us eat fish. Oh, man. National Poetry Road. Never be the same. This month will so never what be the I, same. So to me, that poem is about the existence, being, being prey, but being so small-minded, but surrounded by such vastness and greatness that, uh, you know, where, where, does, where do the two meet? Huh? Yeah, you don't know. I've been. Do- I've done that about thirty. This podcast. I'm the. I'm the guy. You're the. I'm chuckling on mic. Yeah. I. W- I kind of want to hear it again, but maybe after we've finished the show. Yeah, I mean you can. Music. Shimmering. That's right. It's pretty good. Is it seventies? Sounded seventies. Nineteen seventies. Uh. I believe that poem was written in 1973. Yeah. In, okay. the, in the autumn time. Mm-hmm. Shoulder season, you might call it. Magicast 61. Whisper. Thanks for listening. In your lover's ear. Would just whisper. Or just, yeah, people love it when you whisper in their ear. Now I'm winding up staring at an empty glass. Uh 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 uh. Cause it's so easy to say that you'll forget your past uh 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 They don't write them like that anymore No, they don't write them like that anymore They don't write them like that anymore They just don't